Good evening. This is Brain Shampoo. I'm Lewis, and I'm here with Rob and Topeka. How are y'all doing? Hey, Lewis. I'm good. Hello, Lewis. Yeah, doing well. <laughs> Excellent. So good to hear it. I'm also doing well. Thank you all, listeners, for joining us for our fifth episode of Brain Shampoo. Five, 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 five. I'm sorry. I was trying to start a chant, but there's nobody else in the room with me. I mean, we could join in. I just was unprepared. I was so about them. I just want to see where That's you're right. going to take it. We are. <laughs> We're semi-experienced improvers here, folks. So I can bear with us a little bit. <laughs> I was going to. I just, I got caught at a bad time. I was like, hey, we've got to start this podcast. I need to drink water. And so I was pouring. It's important <laughs> to stay hydrated. Let's be honest. It is. It is. <laughs> what are we talking about today, Lewis? Host Lewis? Oh, I'm the host. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, we're all technically co-hosts, so that's, you know. That's true. That's true. Uh, what are we talking about this week? We had some big uh, news, Dipika, right? That's true. We need to update our listeners on Dipika's move. Yeah, I'm uh, officially in the Carolinas, which is I'm in North Carolina, mm. uh, the South. I'm ready for the heat and the lovely weather. So. Here I come. My drive down was quite the adventure. And I waited on this podcast to tell the story because uh, Rob was like, you must wait. Yes, we save it for the podcast. That's our mantra. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, not, not enough interesting things happen in my life where I can give an update before and then also have one for the podcast. So, uh, <laughs> I, actually, <laughs> I drove down from Minnesota and I noticed a few things. I remember... We were talking together on rest stops. You guys got my rest stop yeah. notifications, right? Beautiful sure rest did. stops. I mean, we got so photos. Beautiful. It was, you know, just. Have you guys ever been to a rest stop? Because I must recommend. I mean, on any trip. <laughs> I've been to a, uh, several in my life. Actually, I've been to hundreds of rest stops in my life. I didn't know they existed. So. Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> yes. My Are you kidding me? What? No, I didn't know. I was Have you ever road trip before? <laughs> I have done. We're, we're, we're not trip. making fun of you, Topeka. We're just not enjoying. This is just delightful. No, I've just done one road trip. I don't really love driving, which is why this was particularly tough for me. Yeah. Uh, but I've done one road trip, and we always stop at gas stations. Oh. Never uh, stop at rest stops. Sure. So I didn't know they existed until, I mean, really, I don't pay attention on the road, clearly, because I can <laughs> see them. I, I saw one every, like, 100 miles, and I was calculating, like, are they, I was comparing them state to state, trying to figure out where they were the nicest because I had nothing better to do. So I drove did you, from... Did you go through Illinois on your, on your way? I went through Illinois, yeah. So I drove from here to... I passed Wisconsin. Then mm -hmm. I went to Illinois. I stopped in Chicago for a night. And then from Chicago, it started to get pretty after Indiana. So day two was Indiana... Mm -hmm. Cincinnati. So I went to Ohio or like mm -hmm. around Ohio by Cincinnati because I didn't want to take tolls. So I went through Ohio and then down to Kentucky and Tennessee. And then I stopped in Tennessee my second night and then did five hours my last day in um, from Tennessee to North Carolina, nice. which was by far the most beautiful because I think I primarily drove through a forest. But I was in Tennessee and I have to give a shout out to all of the Tennessee cops because I um, – <laughs> I was in Tennessee and I was in this very small town uh, that I won't give the name of because I, I you know, I don't want to uh, be too specific here, but I was in a small town and I went 
to the store and I couldn't find anything that was open. No grocery stores were open when I got there. I got there at 8 p.m. No grocery stores are open and all the restaurants are closed. The fast food is closed. I mean, everything's closed. And to this point, I'm so hungry. I haven't had dinner. So I go to a gas station to buy some milk and I was like, I have cereal. I can just have some cereal and milk. So I buy plastic cups and I buy milk. And this lady is so sweet to me. She's like, hi, dear. Are you, how are you doing? And then she asks me when I'm checking out, is that for you or for you and your kids? And it was like a little container of milk. And I'm sitting there thinking like, oh, like, no, that's just for me. I, I, I'm wondering why you're asking. And so I just kind of brushed it off and then sat in my car and started to drive to uh, my hotel. And as I'm driving to my hotel, I find myself seeing like wrong way, wrong way. And my oh, no. car is, yeah. So then I freak out. I'm like, I'm going the wrong way. So I try, I don't see any cars behind me. It's such a small town. There's no cars around. So I couldn't really gauge which direction. So I turn around and I go, this is, I mean, when I say wrong way, wrong way, it was like a 20 mile per hour road. Okay. This is not like you're on the wrong side of a interstate highway. Oh, nothing like that. And I okay. noticed fairly immediately. So it wasn't too big of a deal. But anyways, after all this happens, the cops, they stop me. Um, they start coming up behind me and I'm like, oh shoot, I've done eight hours of driving. (laughs) So these guys are be in jail in Tennessee. I, you know, I was considering that might, I know I didn't, I don't know. I thought I would get like a really bad fine because probably was my fault. Well, turns out I was going the right way. And when I turned around, I was going the wrong way. So I was just getting confused (laughs) by all the signs. And uh, these ten of these cops come by, and first one cop comes, asks me super seriously, like license and registration. Then a second cop comes, and I'm like, oh shit, like I really did something wrong. I'm so sorry. My face was probably so distraught, and I had like shit in the back of my car. And so I, I talked to the cops, and they were so sweet to me. They were like, you know, have you ever? You're from Minnesota, right? And I was like, yep. And they were like, well we in Tennessee are extremely nice. Like this is something that you will hear about. <laughs> Wait and a Slow they, down just a minute, Tennessee. <laughs> I, mean, I will say these guys were phenomenal. They nice. just, they were like, it's fine. You should stay at the Hampton Inn. This other place is not super safe. Oh, nice. So they gave me recommendations and I confirmed which direction I was supposed to go. And I literally came into my uh, hotel room and, drank my milk and had my cereal <laughs> and went just back. like a real gangster drinking my milk here in my hotel I, room <laughs> it was bad after being stopped by a cop yeah it was it was quite the adventure so after day two was like my most eventful day so yeah that's my update i made it here safe and it's it's gorgeous love north carolina tennessee was beautiful as well even the small town it was it was a very pretty place so now you're in the charlotte area is that correct yeah, so I'm in a town right outside of Charlotte in a suburb. I live in cool. suburbia. Nice. And yep. you were a little concerned at first because you had to you had to like rent your apartment sight unseen, right? I did. I had to rent my apartment sight unseen. It was an adventure when I got here. It wasn't it's not quite as bright as I had hoped, but overall I think I did a pretty good job. The one complaint I have, and I brought this up to you guys, is I'm too short for the countertops. So I think I'm gonna <laughs> have to buy like another butcher block or dining table or something so that I can. And just for the audience, you're not ridiculously short. I mean, you're not tall, but 
I mean, I'm yeah. fairly short. I, you're like normal I, height. You're you're in the normal range, though. I'm in the low range. So average is five four, I think, for women, and I'm five foot. So I think had I had those four inches, I would have been perfect. Mm-hmm. They designed this for the average person, which makes sense, right? You got to design apartments for the average. You're not going to design for like someone too tall or too short. Now I feel really bad for tall people because I can't imagine. They probably think all the stuff that I have is way too short. I don't think that's a thought that's ever crossed my head. Feeling bad for tall people. How tall are you? How tall are you? I'm 5'7". You're 5'7". I'm like, I'm Tom Cruise height. The man who gets the most short jokes on earth. I was going to say, I haven't Tom Cruise. I have no relevance. Okay, cool. That's and then you, Lewis, are also. I never noticed these things. I, I, everyone's taller than me, so. So I've noticed, Apika, that you are shorter than me, but I did not think that you were five foot. I uh, said that either. Yeah. I'm looking at our he- taller. Yeah, I'm looking at our latest or our only uh, photo shoot that we did. I'm looking. That's my background. So, yeah, like, for those of you doing- in the, for those of you in the podcast world, you can just look at the artwork on the on the podcast. Exactly. So I'm looking at that photo right now. I'm like, okay, I guess I can kind of see it because we're really <laughs> leaning in. But yeah. it, I wouldn't have thought that. Uh, I am five eleven. Five. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. So then, do you run into this problem where you have things that are a little too short? Not exactly. The only time I can think of is dur- during a situation uh, on a road trip out east in New England several eight years ago, and we had a rental car that was a smaller rental car, and I remember it being very close where the roof was to my head. I remember that uh-huh. moment. So I was like, oh, okay, I can oh, do yeah. this. That's no problem. But I've never, I, I don't have a lot of situations where I feel too tall. Oh, wow. I feel too short all the time. Cars as well. I had to get, I think, a pillow when I was doing my driver's test. I was in some larger cars. I eventually went for the Honda Civic. This is a <laughs> ad currently for the Honda Civic. I am never. No one is paying me, but never take short. your driving test in a Lincoln Town car again. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Everyone needs to go out and buy a Honda Civic if you're right. under the height of five. That's, that's like me with my motorcycle test. I. I t- <laughs> I got this moped uh, like 10 to 15 years ago and it's like, it's like just barely over the line between moped and motorcycle. So I had to get, so I had to get a motorcycle permit and I knew how to ride a motorcycle and all that from, from a long time ago. But so that wasn't a big deal, but I did do the motorcycle test with the moped, which was like the easiest thing on earth to do. And there were guys doing it with like their big giant Harley hogs. It's like, that is not a good choice to try to get around these cones with the hog. Yeah. So anyway, oh, I, well, I guess it's good that you, so you do it in the car that you are, or the motorcycle that you're going to actually yeah. ride. Well, well yeah. I guess that's good then, right? Cause they you have can do it. Yeah. Motorcycle. You can actually, you can do it in any motorcycle you want, uh, which is weird. Cause that's like, I would not choose to do that, but that may have been the only, I mean, the, one they the hog that may have been the only one they own. So. Yeah. And then it's good that they know how to ride that one because that's the one they're going to be riding, right? That's a very good point. They were just being responsible citizens. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Well, well that's cool. You're- so you're new. And I mean, you, you showed us some pictures of your apartment and it's just beautiful. You got beautiful hardwood floors. I got to say, you, you, I would think that you'd be happy with your choice, sight unseen for heaven's sakes. I am extremely happy with my choice. I'm, I downsized quite a bit in size, so I'm concerned a little bit about when the movers get here tomorrow morning and they're going to mm. be like, well, okay, <laughs> this, is the, 
This is what we do. Well, want we're going to put your bed on. Yeah. yeah. Wait, do you mind if we put the bed on top of the dining room table? Is that okay? Yeah. I'm, I'm about to ask them. I'll probably ask him. He's such a nice guy. My mover. Um, he called me telling me he's coming in tomorrow. I'm probably going to ask him like, Hey, do you want a dining table? Cause I don't want to deal with having a <laughs> that must happen to them all the time. They must. I mean, yeah. and they have a local guy too. So they have him and then they always have a contracting local guy. So maybe sure. the local guy knows someone. Yeah. Um, or, or maybe they just have a warehouse of people's stuff that they don't want anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and they just sell it. <laughs> I, I really, I think that would be a really good source of second income. I bet a lot <laughs> right? of people are just like, we don't longer want this or they discover the same thing I discovered that the apartment's way smaller and what we did not plan for this. I mean, it's way smaller. I don't know how this is going to work out. <laughs> wow. Well, we're, we'll, we'll hear next week what happened. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> cool. So, uh, um, are there any other, uh, any other like culture shock moments that you've had or is it, I, mean, um, I know you've only been there for like a week, but the main one, I will say there's two things. Uh, everyone here is extremely good looking. I would just like to <laughs> wow. point that out. Yeah. Everyone. So you fit in right away. That makes exactly. sense. Exactly. Boom. I don't, I really don't. I came in in like my sweats to pick up food and I was like, this is appropriate, right? I'm going to Chipotle. Like this is not high end. Wait, everybody else is like wearing tuxedos and and no, gowns just, to Chipotle? Just, I don't know. They're objectively attractive. They're, they've like done their hair and it's just, it's a different experience. So that's one thing. And the other thing is everyone says hi. They, it's kind of a mix between East Coast and like true, true South. Mm-hmm. They say hi genuinely, but they keep the conversation short. In Texas, they say hi, and then they tell you the story about the kids, their grandkids, you know, sure. everything that happens. But here, they but they say hi. Everyone has said hi to me when I walked outside. It is so different from Minnesota. I don't know. I, lately in Minnesota, I say hi to everybody I see in the street, too, now. But you I do? think it might just be now my the COVID times. But maybe, gotcha. you know, because it's like, oh, oh, yeah, hey, there are other people in the world. Hey, what's going on? I well, always say hi, no matter what. Yeah. We were, I, grew, I, I grew up in a small town in Iowa, too. So we, everybody kind of knew everybody else anyway. So it's like, hey, what's up, Fred? Or, you know, whatever. So they, I, I don't know how to describe it because people I know say hi in Minnesota, too, like you guys. And there's like a few select other people and everyone else just yeah. doesn't say anything. But there's a different vibe. You guys have to come visit and then yeah. you'll hear it and you'll be like, oh, it's like a high and the genuineness behind that high. It must be fake. I don't know. But there's like a certain genuine Mm-hmm. aspect of their high that i don't hear in the midwest so it is kind of, there's kind of a sweetness i've been i've been to, to, to i've been to north carolina once to the uh, for for a for a video thing and and yeah people were just nice and sweet and didn't seem to have like a big didn't didn't feel like a lot of people had like another agenda you know it was just like hey what's going on you know that kind of i don't know does that sound right to you yeah that's exactly it and all my neighbors have said hi to me and <clears throat> chatted with me and I didn't know any of my neighbors in Minnesota. So different vibe. That would be the main cultural shock. I haven't really been out that much though. So still you'll hear more updates as we go along. I'm really sad that I can't do improv with you guys though. Well, that's why we're doing this. Exactly. exactly. This is improv. <laughs> this is none of the, none of this is planned in advance. I scripted sort of all of, a couple of prompts. I scripted <laughs> all of my comments today. I got, wait, I got to, oh shit, I lost all my cards. Hold on. Okay, I got, there we go. Got okay, while well, well, Rob grabs his cards, um, there was another topic, and I'm doing a horrible job of segueing. This is why I'm not the host, but there was another topic <laughs> that you guys were going to discuss about actual improv. 
We were. That was the yeah. segue, yeah. Bell. And that's my segue, right? We were talking yeah, about that's improv. Yeah, the segue, Bell. Jordan, <laughs> as, as you picked up your cards, you know, is this on the schedule? Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> we're right on schedule. We're exactly 13 <laughs> minutes into the podcast. This is perfect timing. You're amazing, oh, wow. Topeka. You're Thank right you. Thank you. Well, you're going to have to keep it moving because I actually have <laughs> not seen the show that you are discussing. I'm going to look it up oh. as you guys talk so I can add, you know, valuable insight just randomly. So speaking of improv, I'll, I'll tell you the name of the show. We were just talking about Middle Ditch and Schwartz, which is a comedy special on, on the Netflix and uh, three episodes. Very good. Very funny. I loved it. Uh, I've only watched the first episode. Um, it's, it's the first, I don't think I've ever seen long form improv on TV before. So everything else has always been short form games, you know, um, whose line kind of stuff. And these guys were just great. It started out with a, I really loved the way that they did their, their get, uh, which uh, is the question that you ask the audience that they give a suggestion back to for those of you who don't do improv. Um, but, and it was great. They just kind of had a conversation with like four people and talked. About it was extensive. It was an extensive. Yeah. Get it was like four minutes, maybe, maybe yeah, not I that long. More than, it felt I like it was that. more than that. I think it was five or five to ten minutes. Actually, it was a long, yeah, it was a long, long get. And it was really. It was. I thought it was all right. Now, Lewis, I loved it, but you have a different opinion. So I didn't watch enough of it. Let's be very clear about that. I made it through. Eh, more than the get, that's for sure. I mean, <laughs> uh, and I did get, I think like, I got a little ways into the story, if you want to call it that, uh, sure. the scene. Um, so my issue, my main issue that I didn't, why I didn't continue watching it is I was very aware that I was watching improv, not as an audience member. And there isn't a very explicit mm. experience feeling that I have when I'm watching improv. I try to be, very close to the stage if I can, or I'm just feeling everyone else in that space. We're all here for improv. And so watching it on the screen with the camera, like deciding where I'm going to look, <laughs> I was really aware that I was not watching improv and I know it was improv, but I couldn't put myself in that place of like, I'm really invested in this character. I know like they're all just making it up on the spot. That's what improv is. Something might happen. So that was really hard for me. So I, I didn't continue it for that reason. I started to definitely feel uh, sad that I can't do that in person right now. Oh, and thinking yeah. about the shows I would have seen, uh, especially the, the ones that were cut very short when this all happened and all the theaters closed. So that was hard. And so I have not gone back to it. I'm glad that we're talking about it, though, because as we are in this situation of how do we experience improv, it's going to be very different uh, for a while, I think. We're going to have to find new ways to see improv. Uh, I know a lot of groups. Go ahead. Um, No, I was just a follow up on that. Have you, uh, you guys watched improv at huge. Uh, I know that they've transferred a lot of their content to their YouTube channel. Have you guys watched any of it? I keep getting the notifications because I've subscribed, but I I don't ever want to watch it because the magic as you mentioned, Lewis, for me is definitely the, interaction with the audience members as well as the cast and i can't do that when i'm watching it too i feel the same way Topeka. it's just kind of like i feel guilty for not watching it too of course because it's like oh it's all my friends and people i know and i want to watch it but it's really not that entertaining 
I mean, it's not that it's not entertaining. It's just, I think it's, I get that feeling of what, for some reason, this Netflix thing, I was able to kind of get over that. And maybe it was the copious amounts of alcohol. No, no, it was not that. Um, it was, but I mean, maybe it was something else, but I get that. I get the, I get the feeling that Lewis is describing for the improv that I see on Zoom or whatever. It's just like, yeah. this is not the same. It's not the same. And, and even, I feel guilty though. So I don't know. I feel guilty too. Every time something airs on, what is it? The YouTube channel. I'm always like, oh man, yeah. I should be watching it. But honestly, I haven't watched improv, much of improv until I, when I started actually performing. And part of it was a time thing, but another part was a conscious effort to not watch it because it felt a little bit like over analytical. I couldn't enjoy it too much. Mm-hmm. I found I was enjoying it less as an audience member because I had performed and like rehearsed and done a lot of it. And I don't know whether it was because I was just tired or whether now I'm seeing it in the light of actual, not work, but I can see all the tools that they're using. Like, you know yeah. how we watched improv prior. When I watched improv when I had taken 101, it was fun. Now it's a little bit, it's, you're thinking about what they're doing. Yeah. I, yeah, for me, it's like they, you go up there, you look at it and you go, oh, wow, these guys are really good. Oh, this is funny. You know, it's like instead of just being kind of overtaken by it, I very consciously watching it. It's the same way that I watch movies, of course, but, you know, so that's not totally yeah. new for me. But yeah, I don't know. How did, about you, Lewis? Is that same for you? Or So I'm definitely a process person. Uh, I, you know, I, I am very much that... Uh, that person who once they know how something works, I think they actually like it more. So I I can be in the situation of seeing how it's happening. And then my mind is also like right there as an audience member. So I can enjoy both sides of it. Uh, Another thing that was also an issue for me in the brief amount of this show that I watched is I was very aware of what I'm usually watching in uh, at huge mostly uh, and also strike theater where the folks who are on stage, so much more diverse. So I'm here watching this show. I'm like, yeah. all right, two white guys. Cool. Okay. They're going to have their characters. And I just like that for me, because I've been immersed in a very different culture around improv uh, on purpose. Uh, and I know Huge is very explicit about who they're trying to uh, get on stage more. Uh, I was aware that I was just not that interested. I'm like, okay, I've seen this one guy in Parks and Rec and some other mm-hmm. shows. He's cool, whatever, but I'm like, I can, this isn't interesting to me. I know you're talented, but like, come on, it wasn't getting me there. Uh, And so that maybe was a thing too, that I just wasn't invested in the characters or not the characters, but like the representation or lack of. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that you point that out, Lewis, because I, I mean, I agree and not just with improv in stand-up comedy when i watch stand-up comedy netflix specials which are obviously i mean a lot more than improv uh, online these days i don't really identify with the like white men and it's not because the jokes are bad or they're not talented they are talented it's just that the audience like for me i connect more with the relatability aspect that comes with uh, comedy. And I find that more with, you know, with women comedians or with uh, minority comedians. And that's because oftentimes they're comedic, like all their jokes are related to either like immigrant experience or just stuff that we deal with or just 
I, I don't know, the perspective is a little bit different. So I find that too, where there's some improv, some comedy I absolutely love because I connect with it immediately and some that I'm like, this is just not relatable. Like I, I don't actually like Parks and Rec and I know that's not super popular, but no, I don't. I, get, I don't like The Office either. Yeah, it's, that, it, it's, yeah. it's like it's so real, it's uncomfortable, right? It's not real. I guess me, it is that, real. For me, You're that's right. what there makes me uncomfortable watching those, both are, of those shows. There are some com- components that are almost too real, like you mentioned. Um, but also, I, it's almost giving a permission to make fun of something. Yeah. And for me, whenever you tell a joke, some of it is the truth, right? Like people often mm. use jokes to insult others. And so I don't like jokes that are derogatory in nature because there's that, always yeah. some truth like, in it. So- there always is. At and somebody so, else's expense kind of a thing. Exactly. And I don't like jokes like that. I like jokes that are at either they're making fun of themselves, which I mean, at least then you're not making fun of other people. But I mostly like jokes that are like experience related, which is why I like improv, like based on characters or witty comments, less so the... I don't know how to put it, but like it's interesting that the creator of the creator of Parks and Rec, Mike Schur, um said in an interview when they first cast uh, Amy Poehler as Leslie Nope for Parks and Rec, um, you know, they originally wanted her to be kind of this nerdy character that was totally into government and good government and stuff. And everybody else who worked at the Parks and Recreation Department was kind of making fun of her and the show was not working at all. And then, but then they, he decided, he said that they decided to switch it so that, okay, she's, everybody else around her is now supportive of her good government stuff and being a nerd and all that stuff. And then it became really funny because exactly like you said, it was, you weren't making fun of somebody. You were actually kind of like cheering them on and yeah, you know, and it was, it's kind of almost like the, the thing that, that Jill talks about. It's like, Jill, Jill Bernard of Huge Theater um, talks about, you know, if you're going to have conflict, you can have conflict between your two characters, but we see that all the time in real life and it's not that interesting. What's really fun to watch is when two, two or three people kind of gang up and fight against something else external. So mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know if that's related sure. or not. All on the same side and also knowing that your characters actually do love each other underneath it all. And yeah. in the comedy that I enjoy the most, I see that. And in the comedy I enjoy the least, I don't, is I guess the difference. Yeah. But to each their own. I mean, that's why there's so much out there. Everyone has a different interest. And one is not better than the other. It's just personal preference. I mean, maybe a few are better than a few others. But- <laughs> <laughs> well, there are definitely some that are better than others, but we're not yeah, going to be prescriptive. <laughs> I would argue that once you are able to get out of that white guy bubble, I think then there's this sense of that, yeah, it's okay to enjoy some of that, but there's so much more. It's like if your music experience growing up is only Matchbox 20, to be clear, I still listen to that first album. (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with that. Right, right. If I never stop listening to only Matchbox 20 and those kind of band, kinds of bands, I will never know that there are so much more out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to be exposed to then still appreciate, I think. And so yeah. it does take extra effort. You need to go further and you need to find those little theaters that offer that. And you need to go to those small shows where there are 10 people because they're not, there's not always going to be 10 people. Uh, like some of those shows are the most amazing ones because you see mm-hmm. folks up there 
uh, playing incredibly interesting characters that come from themselves in some ways, as you're saying, it, there, mm-hmm. the, that there's always some truth. And that's why I want to see those folks on stage. And that's what I have been so immersed with in my actual experience of mm-hmm. watching these shows. And yeah. we're very lucky to be in a place that uh, supports that so much here in Minneapolis. Uh, I mean, where, of course, Topeka, you're no longer Minneapolis, but in that time that we were all doing this together, uh, we had access to that in a way that is not available everywhere. So we are very yeah. privileged in that way. Yeah, for sure. And well, Lewis, what, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I just, up, and then I'm going to, I have a, I have a, a segue bell. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Well, I was just going to say, to be clear, <laughs> the reason that I don't like watching um, white guys do improv exclusively is because. I tend to not relate with them, not because it's bad in any way. Like I just, it's just because my experience wasn't that. So the jokes, I don't find them funny because I never experienced them. So people are making jokes about drinking at a young age. Like for me, it's like, well, I don't think it's unique to white people or anything like that, but I won't relate to a joke like that because that never happened to me. So it's too abstract or it's like too far fetched um, to where I can't relate. I mean, I drink now, but if you get what I'm trying to say here. Yeah. 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 So, Lewis, have you been watching the online stuff? How do you feel about it? I've we wa- didn't get your opinion on that stuff. Yeah, I've watched a little bit. When it first all happened, when things shut down, I did pay more attention, and I tried to catch some more. Uh, it is hard. It is hard for me uh, to be separate or separated from that experience. And so while I can see many folks who I admire and who I also consider friends or like you know acquaintances throughout this work, uh, it is hard to do that. The, uh, what I've, what I've thought about though, is every time I have seen a show, I've made sure to then like basically, you know, pay my ticket, make a donation to wherever that show would have happened. I think that's really important during this time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just offer that plug, like make that donation folks. They're still performing. Yeah. Um, and so I've made sure like, uh, like every so often, like how many shows would I have gone to in person by this time? And so like, you know, I have, I, if I have a hundred bucks that I would have spent during that time and I can do that now, I'll make sure to donate that because I can't do that now. I be in person. So, uh, I know they're happening. Um, but no, I haven't, I haven't really gone into it. Um, uh, I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but the real hard thing, I think for any kind of improv, but any sort of video work that you can do now is you can't make eye contact. And that's such a yeah. thing for improv to really get into your character and to get into the other person's character, of course. And like, I'm thinking about in my times of my most valuable experience performing or even practicing, it's when I have that connection uh, or even trying to, you know, see how people are making eye contact when they're on stage with their scene partners. That magic is gone in this moment. I don't know how to replicate that until we have technology that does. <laughs> um, so I'm holding out until I don't know when. Um, do, do and that's a, that's a huge loss. Reality. I feel that huge loss that I can't, that I can't see improv in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You're the What's host. Your segue, Rob? Are we, well, oh, 
Uh, okay, so as as the host who has been obviously sitting back and letting this happen, um, Rob, you had a segue? No, I don't know. What's been good this week is what I wanted to talk What's about. What's been good this week? I'm going to just go. What's somebody just talked about week? it. Mine quick is the Middle Edition Schwartz on Netflix. If you, you've, you've heard both sides here, go experience it for yourself if you want to. Uh, I thought it was really good. Well, I haven't seen it yet, so I definitely will experience it. And there's no way I can say I'm not going to like it or I'm not going to relate to it unless I watch it. So I will make that happen. What's been good for you guys? Okay. What's been good for me? Uh, my top item this last week is I've been on the cusp of finishing my second book of poetry. And I am now to the point where I just have to simply print it. So I'm really excited about that. The book is called Strike Anywhere, about 70-some poems over the last couple of years. And so I'm really excited to have that done uh, and then just get it to the final stage. That's me. Wow. Awesome. Congratulations. That's wonderful. Thank you. Um, And then me, I gave my whole update. Just moving and trying to figure stuff out. I'm really nervous about this job, but the newest thing is I I went and I saw the facility and it's absolutely beautiful, super nice. I love the product that they're making. They make SCBA masks, which are these masks that go to fire department Mm. uh, personnel for fires and they provide the oxygen required to be able to take someone safely outside. So I'm excited to be a part of work that really matters. And, you know, I need to make sure the quality is really good. So I've just been excited and wrapped up in that. Awesome. That's great. All right. Well, it's time for the wrap up, Lewis. What do you think? The wrap up. (laughs) I think this is a great segue into our wrap up, Rob. Um, Hosting is obviously this is the last not time I'm going to use the Segway Bell, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's been an honor and a privilege to be this week's host, and I will probably never have that uh, that opportunity again because <laughs> obviously I'm not uh, much of a host. Um, but that's okay. I am much oh, better. This a supportive is so much more member. delightful and entertaining. <laughs> this has to be. This is you are the new permanent host. Hundred percent. I'm going to. Oh <laughs> well. In that case. Um, Get used to this format, folks. Um, to all you listeners out there in podcast land, uh, it's only going to go uphill, downhill. It's going to go somewhere from it's here. It's going, by golly. We, it's going. It's, it's going. It's going. Um, so we are, we are Brain Shampoo. Uh, you can find us on all the places that you might find us because I do not have our links memorized. Uh, but... Um, if you li- are listening, most likely you found us through one of those platforms already and or our friends and family. So spread the word if you can. Write us a review on wherever you watch or not watch. Listen to your podcast. That helps us, of course. Um, but uh, that's it. Have a great week, all. Rob, Topeka, have a great week. Thanks. Yeah, you too. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Bye.